Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. You're listening to This Week Again, and I'm your host, Suzanne Posel. In the name of complete deviation, we're going to start this episode on a serious note, and that's because of the most recent high-profile mass shootings. Yeah, that's a thing. I'm talking about Club Q and Walmart. So let's start with Club Q and the tragic events that led to the deaths of five people and the injury of 19 others. Because, you know, hate crimes. Here's the deets on the Club Q massacre. Fierro, a military veteran who was at the club with his wife and children, told the New York Times he rushed the gunman and pulled him to the floor and jumped on top of him. Fierro then grabbed the pistol the gunman had with him alongside the rifle that he'd used in the massacre and hit him in the head until he was subdued. Spring says the 22-year-old man accused in the shooting is facing 10 preliminary charges, five counts of first-degree murder, five counts of bias-motivated crimes. The Department of Justice also is determining whether federal charges will be filed here. Ordinarily, what prosecutors will do is they will jump out there with the most readily provable charge. That, in this case, would obviously be the murder charges. And in order to prove a hate crime or what under Colorado law is called a bias-motivated crime, they actually reduced the standard. And the law says that if the gunman was just partially motivated by a bias against a person due to their race, nationality, ethnicity, disability, age, or uh, sexual orientation or gender identity, then a hate charge can be brought. It feels like we've been here before, you know, with the Orlando nightclub shooting. That happened just six years ago. That was where another anti-LGBTQ asshat killed 49 and injured 53 more. You know, because gays want to have fun and some people just can't stand it. So is it any wonder that this latest addition to the heavily armed bigots feature of the right wing was radicalized in a common thread and I assume incel support groups on various shall remain unnamed truthy social media sites? We've traced down an online account tied to him, which was very hard. There was not much under his actual name. Was He was uh, uh, in an internecine feud, I would say, with a hate site called Encyclopedia Dramatica. That site has been uh, t- tied to two different mass killings. One is a guy named William Atchison back from uh, 2017. He's a, uh, he shot up a school in New Mexico, killed two people. He was a sysop or an admin uh, at that website. Um, what's notable about this website specifically is that it has a kill count for mass shooters. Yeah, this guy lived in uh, very deep troll sections of the internet. This is this is like the deepest uh, trenches of trolling to have uh, a, a uh, an entry on Encyclopedia Dramatica and to know about it and to fight back against it. Um, that is deep in online uh, troll culture that is virulently homophobic virulently racist it's good to know that there's a place where impotent rage-filled limp dicks can go where every maggot troll knows their name honestly would a bigot by any other name be any less repulsive and it is in the name of diametric opposites that the colorado police department had the decency to get the victim's pronouns correct and made a big deal about it during an initial briefing with the media It seems like a moment of bravery, but really, folks, it is the bare minimum amount of respect that the police could have shown the victims. 
And in a culture that demoralizes and demonizes the LGBTQ plus community on the regular, this act, unfortunately, seems like a gesture of compassion and solidarity. How far we've fallen when correctly identifying someone who has died in a shooting is an act of heroism. Almost on par with the U.S. veteran who took down the shooter and the woman who stomped the shooter's face with her stiletto heels. You are a Wonder Woman. And speaking of accountability, it is beyond time that we did something about this. But the thing that's important to know is that this isn't happening by accident. We see a direct line from violent LGBT and anti-LGBTQ plus rhetoric online, from anti-LGBTQ attacks led by political leaders to the deadly events that have transpired. We've got to be calling these people out for what they're saying, for what they're seeding, and, and hold them responsible for what it's causing in, you know, in our communities across the country. The Democrat Party is the party of child abuse. It's the party that represents grooming children and sexualizing them in school. And it is a disturbing trend in our society to try to sexualize these young people. The official position of Disney is that schools should be able to teach children from K through third grade about sexual orientation. I don't, why not just rename the roller coaster, you know, Sex Mountain? Come on, kids, it'll be a blast. The most transgressive sex of all is sex between an adult and a child. Uh, we have to call this out for what it is. Remember, how many genders are there? Two genders, that's right. There are two genders. We are proud of it. We'll scream it from the rooftops. For years now, there has been a concerted effort by the GOP to paint the LGBTQ plus community and their allies as groomers and pedophiles. Laws in republicly controlled states are seeking to bar transgender youth from participating in sports and banning books in schools that discuss the gender spectrum and prohibiting gender affirming care for adults and minors while making their parents criminally liable if they provide gender affirming care to their children. Attacks on the basic rights of the LGBTQ plus community to just be free, to be able to be employed and housed without discrimination. And all the while, conservative media is giving a platform to the most egregious in the GOP who will discuss openly how much they hate anyone who isn't living an evangelically controlled lifestyle. So is it any wonder that someone who listens to this crap agrees with it and then, I don't know, ends up in a nightclub to kill their perceived enemy? It's an obvious no. Days after the Club Q shooting, maggot Taylor Green flies out for a photo op with Kyle Rittenhouse because the right of every would-be murderer to enact murder is her cause, and it must be protected because Second Amendment rights, right? And let's not forget, the right loves Kyle simply because he shot three people and killed two BLM protesters. That's it, folks. Keep in mind, Colorado Rep. Lauren Boebert just had thoughts and prayers to offer in the wake of the club shooting. And instead of demonstrating basic human compassion for the dead and a relenting drive to see the killer brought to justice, Bobert decided her time would be better spent going on an anti-trans rant for the world to hear. Republican Congresswoman Lauren Bobert says she will continue her anti-trans rhetoric despite the Club Q shooting near her district. Boebert was asked about her well-documented history of anti-trans statements during an appearance today on KOA Radio. Boebert said that it was completely false. 
But then she almost immediately launched into more anti-trans rhetoric on the radio today, calling trans women, quote, men dressing up as caricatures of women. Bober went on to criticize gender-affirming health care for children, saying it's something that she will continue to talk about. So let me get this straight. This is what Colorado's 3rd District thought would be a perfect representation of who they are in our Congress. Remember, they just voted her back to Capitol Hill. And these people aren't ignorant. They knew exactly how she felt about the LGBTQ plus community before they cast their votes earlier this month. They knew Bobert said shit like this every single chance she got, whether it was on the House floor or at any of the assorted maggot media outlets. Lauren Boebert getting a lot of attention for her strong views on the Equality Act and plenty of pushback as well. There's nothing about equality in that act. If anything, um, it's it's the um, it's it's supremacy of uh, of gays and, and lesbians and and uh, transat sites. Where is the equality for women who have been sexually assaulted under this legislation? Their crisis counselor may be Alexis, who was actually born Alex. And they'll have to talk to him about their assault. It's kind of like what we've been seeing on uh, the national news. You know, when a common athlete decides he feels pretty and wants to be a girl, then he can go and beat girls and win national championships. Where is the equality in this legislation for the young girls across America who will have to look behind their backs as they change in their school locker rooms, just to make sure there isn't a confused man trying to catch a peek. It puts little girls at risk, uh, allowing confused men to go into women's restrooms. I, I mean, I don't want little girls, you know, watching their backs, seeing if a, a man is trying to catch a peek at them. Oh, Bobert, I don't know if anyone on the right's gonna tell you this, but your American Taliban is showing. Bobert feels threatened and enraged at a group of people who are just living their lives. It just so happens to be in diametric opposite to hers. She wants everyone to adhere to her religiously saturated rules for life. And if they can't, well, she's going to make them. But don't think that the LGBTQ plus community and their lives are the only lives that maggots don't give a shit about. Because at the end of the day... Anyone who's a victim of gun violence is up for grabs. Take the latest Walmart shooting. A man described as paranoid but not dangerous by his co-workers proved his co-workers wrong when he opened fire on them in the break room of the Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia. Chesapeake, Virginia. On Tuesday, the suspect, who was an employee, opened fire inside the store, killing six other employees and injuring at least four others before taking his own life. Learned all six victims were Walmart employees and included a 16-year-old. Three of the victims, including the shooter, were killed inside this break room. This is an employee break room. At least one victim was found near the entrance and three people actually made it out of the Walmart alive. They were rushed to hospitals uh, and they died at nearby hospitals. An official tells NBC News the shooter was, in fact, a disgruntled employee. Employee. Police say the shooter who killed six of his co-workers and injured three others at this Walmart Supercenter purchased the 9mm handgun used in the attack legally on the morning of the rampage. Investigators say the suspect left a message on his phone titled Death Note. This is in which he complained about his colleagues and referred to murder. 
All right. I don't know who else needs to hear this, but uh, disgruntled or not, shitty coworkers or not, there is never a good reason to shoot someone, let alone in a Walmart break room. Come on. Okay, so this is going to lead me to an unpopular solution, but hear me out. Because I think that this might at least put a dent, if not considerably end mass shootings as we know them. Because in this country, we are facing more than 600 mass shootings in 2022 alone. And for the third year in a row, I might add. So I ask you, isn't it about time that we solve the pew pew problem? I say yes, sir. And here is what I propose. Let's take a look at Japan. They don't have a mass shooting problem. They don't have a shooting problem at all because they actually regulate gun ownership. Listen, a prospective gun owner has to take a gun safety and user guide class and then pass a written test. If they don't, the process stops there. Next, they have to show off their skills at a gun range and pass a performance test. If they don't, the process ends there. Then the would-be gun owner has to submit to medical and criminal background checks, including invasive checks like talking to parents and friends, coworkers, employers, past employers, teachers, maybe girlfriends or boyfriends or people they've known intimately to get an idea of who the hell this person is who wants to have a gun. And just to make sure that the mental state that they're in is the way that they stay, a criminal background check is conducted every single day just in case they're arrested and their gun possession may be in question. See, this practice allows the gun to be taken from people who should not have them regardless of the mental state they were in when they purchased the firearm. So in other words, guns and gun ownership is regulated in Japan. Similarly to how Americans find a way to regulate driver's licenses and prescription drugs. Oh, and certain guns aren't available for sale in Japan. I think maybe America needs to look at Japan as a blueprint because the way that we're doing things is resulting in more than 600 mass shootings for the last three years. According to the CDC, 49,000 men, women, and children were killed because of guns. And these are all preventable deaths if they had lived in Japan. But because they're residents of the United States of gun violence, they're gone. Right now, gunshot wounds are the number one killer of American age school children. That fact disturbs me. But the deplorable part is that we as a collective in this country just don't seem to give a fuck. A fucking decade after Sandy Hook, where 24 elementary age students were murdered and two adults alongside and they were all preventably killed by someone who shouldn't have had access to that gun in the first place. But big shocker, nothing was done to prevent school shootings then and nothing is being done now. Grocery stores, movie theaters, nightclubs. This is where people get shot and Lauren Boebert offers thoughts and prayers because literally the obligatory line from the GOP who are single-handedly responsible for making sure that people keep dying. Well, 
they're not going to cross that bar. They're just going to stay right where they need to be. And while nothing is being done about that, did you guys hear about Jack? Attorney General there, Merrick Garland, announcing the appointment of a special counsel who will now handle cases looking into former President Trump and specifically looking at whether charges should be filed against the former president. This is someone who's been a longtime uh, prosecutor, worked in various offices for the Justice Department across the country, also led the division of the Justice Department that focuses and specializes in prosecuting public officials who are accused of corruption. And he was most recently chief prosecutor at the special court of The Hague. Oh, it's a good thing, folks, that Mr. Smith has been busy at The Hague prosecuting people for international war crimes because that makes him uniquely qualified to handle the former circus peanut in chief. Let's not forget, the search at Mar-a-Lago yielded top-secret classified documents that shouldn't have been in the former guy's grubby little hands in the first place. Secrets about nuclear capabilities of American allies that Trumpster Fire's friends in the Middle East would pay actual money to see. And the assumption of the U.S. government is that they might have already. Oh, and let's not forget inciting the insurrection on January 6th. Jack is on that one, too. So, did it come to no one's surprise that Orange the Hut is upset about Jack? The weaponized Department of Justice, would you like me to talk about that? Larry, would you like me to talk about that? This horrendous abuse of power is the latest in a long series of witch hunts. It started a long time ago. I thought the investigation with the document hoax was dying or dead or over. And the investigation into January 6th in my very peaceful and patriotic speech, remember? Peaceful and patriotically was dead, especially after the record-setting 40-point loss of Liz Cheney in the great state of Wyoming. I thought it was dead. I thought that put the final nail in the coffin, only to find out that the corrupt and highly political Justice Department just appointed a super-radical left special counsel better referred to as a special prosecutor to start the process all over again. We thought it was just about dead. You know, I cannot get over how this guy tends to say the quiet part really loudly. <laughs> when he said that Liz Cheney losing her bid for re-election and the January 6th fact-finding committee coming to an end, when he said that he thought that he wouldn't be held accountable for stealing classified documents or inciting a deadly riot because Liz Cheney lost her bid and the Republicans now control the House. You know what you were listening to? That is a rich guy's mindset at work. The gears moving. He's saying the quiet part out loud. In his wealthy mind, allegedly very wealthy mind, when Cheney was replaced with his maggot, he thought that the bid to hold him accountable was over. The FBI was going to be disbanded. I don't know. The DOJ was just going to stop the presses and they were going to let the Republicans who control the House control the DOJ and who they prosecute. He thinks that that's how it works for him. And to be honest, for wealthy people, that's typically how it works. But criminal charges being brought against a wealthy person just because they did crimes 
You know what you call that? That's a witch hunt. And that's why we have to have a Jack. Special Counsel Jack Smith has been on the job, the job of investigating the crimes of Donald Trump. He's been on the job just five days. And now, here's some brand new reporting from the New York Times. Headline, Justice Department seeking to question Pence in January 6th investigation. Prosecutors want to speak with the former vice president as a witness to former President Donald Trump's efforts to remain in power. First of all, this is a criminal investigation, and so he can't just reject out of hand a request from the prosecutors. Uh, but they do, I think, want to reach some kind of accommodation whereby, you know, they can negotiate a, a you know, for him to, to appear uh, and, and provide some kind of interview. Um, Pence is said to be considering the request from the department being looking at it differently than the congressional investigations of January 6th, which he has said, he said in interviews last week for his book that he does not have, uh, Congress does not have a right to his testimony. So uh, he, he has rejected the overtures from the January 6th committee. It's much harder to reject the overtures uh, from something like a criminal investigation where they could subpoena him. Um, so that's sort of where it stands. As a former member of the Congressional House, Michael Pence knows that the legislative branch of our government absolutely has the right to any American citizen's testimony as long as it is lawfully subpoenaed. But I digress. Now that Jack is on the case, I don't think Mikey is going to be able to execute his imaginary privilege without consequences, like having to trade his current wardrobe for orange jumpsuits. Ooh, can't wait for that. Oh, and while we were stuffing our faces last Thursday, good old Jackie was hard at work making a mockery of the former guy's legal team for lying on court documents. See, Dumpy's ambulance chasers demanded that the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, they needed to uh, execute equitable jurisdiction in a case brought by the Southern District of New York against Trumpster Fire for various tax evasion schemes and fraud. For reference, this is the same stunt that he pulled when he was in Florida trying to get out of that whole classified document stolen scandal when he had Judge Eileen Cannon preside over a case for him that allowed him to delay and obstruct justice with the blessing of a federal judge. Not to mention Judge Cannon is one that helped Whiny McDonald delay the federal investigation and the FBI's looking into the classified documents that they retrieved from the former guy's retirement home in Florida. So when Trump's Dollar General legal eagles tried this shit again in the 11th Circuit Court, Jack Smith said, oh, no, you aren't. And so there's that. Oh, and did you hear the part where Trumpster fires tax returns go to Washington? We start with breaking news years in the making. The Supreme Court rejecting Trump's bid to stop Congress from getting his tax returns and other financial records. The court, without comment, rejected a plea from Trump's legal team to keep them private. The unsigned order clears a way for the House Ways and Means Committee to obtain Trump's tax documents. Oh, the tax returns. It's been six years and it's finally going to happen. 
The Ways and Means Committee have until January and the new Congress being sworn in. So they need to get those tax returns back and basically do whatever they're going to do and do it very quickly. I personally think it should be added to evidence for the two criminal probes that special counsel Jack Smith was hired to oversee. But what do I know? They'll probably come in handy, as I assume, trying to figure out if the former game show host owes any money to anyone and who he might have sold or handed over classified documents to. That's probably, in my opinion, maybe where we would find the buyer of those classified documents. I don't know. Just spitballing here. And that's all I've got to say about that, folks. Thank you for tuning in and please check in every Sunday for another episode of This Week Again. Go ahead and like and subscribe and follow wherever social media site that led you to me. I appreciate it very much and thank you again for listening. Ta-da for now.